Welcome back to Diamnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. I'm your other host, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. So, I wanted to start a new campaign. I didn't want to start a new campaign. I made up a premise that I don't actually care about. So, <laughs> I'm bailing out of this story immediately. <laughs> but what if someone did want to start a brand new campaign? Um, well, guess what? We have another article, 10 of the most cliche ways to start a D&D campaign. I'm already scared. I'm sure I'm guilty of many of these. <laughs> yes. Um, this uh, The article's a little bit older. These cliches have not changed in the nope. span of time that has progressed since then. Um, but this one was from The Gamer, written by Lacey Womack. And I also have read this article and felt called out several oh times. Yeah. All right, let's go on this journey together. <laughs> okay. Now that said, let's also preface. One, agreed. People may be wanting to start out. And so this is super good because there's a reason they're a cliche. Because they work. They work. They fit into tropes that the people classic know. Classic fantasy. So if you, yeah. if you have new players, these may be the better ones to, to do because they have... Um, touch points yep. they have references in their mind of things that they could do in those scenarios because that is one of the hardest struggles mm -hmm. of new players is the ability to do whatever they yep. can think so that said sometimes cliche is fine but let's let's dig in <laughs> i have a question yes. though do you know i have would would you be we don't normally do this but i think we should start at one because I feel like 10 is the most cliche. Okay, let's do it. So we're going to start from the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, yeah. Whole team's here. Okay. Because I don't feel like this one is oh, as cliche. Yeah, this I don't think I've ever really used that All one. All right. Yeah. Before. Okay. So number one, everyone works for and is guarding the king. I, yeah. So, so I like this one because there there is a lot that can be done. Yes. In terms of having players start that either do or do not know each yes. other. Um, the idea that the king would, the king or monarch, whatever version. Monarch, you, a noble, to be. like it could be anyone, yeah. yeah. I mean, for you, it could be a fey lord um, or, you know, something along those lines. But the idea that they would require or need so many people that you could have the group just happen to be assigned to the same unit. Um, you could have it that they're assigned to different units and something happens and they end up together. Um, all of these have haunting memories of Attack on Titan. <laughs> um, so that you could do that. Yeah. Um, have fun. Uh, you should really check with your players about that, though. Uh, but the idea, I, I like this one a lot. and I don't. Yeah, actually, I think this is great. This is I, I have seen people do it like some actual play podcasts. I can think of a couple that started like this way, but. Binding people together from the get-go with a job and a clear goal is not bad, especially when you have brand new players who are like, why would I do any of this? And you're like, aha, because you're a guard. <laughs> this is your job, right? Like, that's a nice one. I like this one. Yeah, I actually, I also, I, I really like that one as well. And I would, I would say that that would be a lot of fun to do because you also, you also have the show Don't Tell. The ton of show don't tell about the world and structure and everything like that. Number two, though, everyone is in the same jail. So this is interesting because of how I view the word jail versus prison. Yes. Because this makes me think 
potential, you know, somebody's in there drunk tanking, you know, through through the night. Um, Some small misunderstanding. Someone could just be the constable as their character and something larger happens. You have um, it makes me think of some of the scenes out of uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean where like the other pirates are now attacking and now everyone's kind of banding together. Like Robin Hood men in tights the way it starts, you know, I'm like, what? or, you know, actual Robin Hood, Um, you know, whatever. Um, Yes, I like I, actually I like this one too. But the problem with this one is that you you really need to buy in. Like if you if all your characters have been arrested and they are in jail, like you need to make sure everybody's okay with that. Because if you have like a paladin in your party who's like I'm the I'm the most lawful good person in the universe. Like why am I here? This is ridiculous. Like that could feel bad. But if you do talk to them and work with them and set up like oh maybe you're in an enemy camp or like something. Like that, I think this could be really effective, and it builds right in your first adventure. Is you know jailbreak. Yeah, I think a session zero is imperative, imperative because you could have because no. you could have the paladin be there, not in a cell. Right. They're there to to. Oh, I I saw so and so illegally park their car. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. I made a terrible paladin. <laughs> by the way. I have the paladin ah, of like, parking <laughs> tickets. Ah, no. I took the oath of the the public transit, the oath of transit. Um. Oh my. And then the druid's like, and I couldn't see the, and I couldn't dare see the horse be contained like that. And I set them free. Paladin's like, I'd also like you to arrest this (laughs) druid. So the third one also, I don't feel like is, and I feel like the jail one is a little bit less cliche because I feel like the, it also starts with like prison, not necessarily jail. But the third one, I really like this idea. Yeah. At a festival before things go horribly wrong. I have absolutely used this in one shots and stuff. It's nice. It it feels really nice for one shot games or shorter games in particular, because like you can do so much world building. Yeah. Showing and telling of this festival, you know what it's for, where these people are. Um, It allows you to really like tie in like do these people live in this town. Right. And like the, the threat storming their party, like it it's directly it's personal immediately. Like so while this is used a lot. I, I think it's good. It's a nice one. Yeah, and I, I, I've used it and also afforded myself the opportunity to have a lot more interesting things because of the festival, yeah. you know. Is it someone that's brought some sort of creature from far, far away that wouldn't normally be there, especially normally be in a town? Yeah, so there's just so many additional options that you can have depending on what kind of festival that you have there and how basically how far people have traveled into town to be at that festival. And then from that point, how many people. Yeah, so there's a lot that you can do because at that point, you could have every character be from somewhere else and be there. Oh, wait. Number four. I know. This is also why I I wanted to go one one to ten. They've all been arrested. That feels exactly like the one we already talked about. Yeah, I, I yeah. the The mix of this would be, I mean, the same needs to be having yeah. the conversation yes, beforehand. The mix could be that are they all in the back of some, you know, in, in the back of whatever's carrying Starts you out them. Starts Skyrim style. We're all in the prison wagon, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that kind of thing. So you could you could switch it up in in, in different ways. But it is very similar yeah. to to the yeah other we've one. we've covered that ground. Yep. Oh, that's fun. Okay, number five. After a massive shipwreck, I like. I don't think this is super cliche. I think this is just 
kind of clever, especially if you're doing like a, you know, an exploration heavy game. You know, you land on an island that's got all kinds of weird dungeons and monsters and stuff. Like, what a fun thing to do. I actually want to do this now. As uh, DMs, GMs are want to do. I am looking very specifically at one word in the prompt. And and I think that's really changing why I would make this not feel cliche. Because I've had shipwrecks before. I've had different versions of it. But what I've never had before is the word massive. Massive shipwreck, yeah. So I, th- I feel like that really changes things because I feel like a lot of the shipwrecks end up being like, it's just a party now. Yeah. And so the- and then you go from there. I think it-, it would be really interesting, though, if it is a massive shipwreck. Yeah. And now are there, yeah, I mean, for the time that most of these settings are set in, hundreds of right, people like that, that survive. And then maybe, yeah. you know, people have to start building a new society or whatever and the party is one as one of the capable groups is like in charge of exploring the island and bringing back resources yeah. or um fighting off monsters and wow that that's great because that inserts instant like political drama you know other npcs you have like a clear base point like that's that's a pretty yeah that's a good point the massive shipwreck versus just like the you're alone everybody else died yeah, and then you also have the option, you have some really interesting options depending on where you're implementing this. Is it like if you have like a rotating cast of party, like actual players, yeah. then you could easily filter those in. But you could also have it where different stories are being told with different PCs. This would be great for, yeah, West Marches um, style campaign. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. Because, okay, what do we need? What Not even just what do we want to do, what do we need yeah. to do to help this this continue to to function and you could also have the pc your players play pcs at level seven tomorrow they could play at level yeah you know they're playing a different group that's going to look at this set of ruins over here or like this group is the one that's assigned to go kill the rock on top of the mountain for whatever reason you know yeah you can even have have those things happen parallel because your players are having fomo and they don't want to miss out you know don't want to miss out on certain things but i think there's a lot of ways you could make that fun yeah I think this is neat. Okay, next one. Number six, everyone is part of the same caravan. This kind of flows into the guarding the king. I feel like it's sort of similar. Yeah, unless you're going like full Oregon Trail on it. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. Like, this is how, you know, um, the rise of Tiamat and like Horde of the Dragon or Horde of the Dragon Queen, one of the official, you know, 5e adventures starts. You're part of a big caravan so like we've seen the precedent of it it is nice already having the players together in a group that isn't just in a way like oh you randomly meet each other right so it's okay yeah that one's tough um just because like we've explained before like exploration options aren't as um prevalent and the darker version of the darker version of me is having characters die and then playing new characters and seeing who ends up at the end (laughs) But I mean, that, like that's what I would that's that's how I think I would need to process it to make it something interesting, um, rather than cliche. I guess that's the goal here: interesting instead of cliche. Also, number seven, a hundred percent. I feel called out by yeah. number seven because I do it all the time because I think it's very fun and apparently it's cliche. But in the middle of a battle, I love this. I love the in media res start uh, of this. I think one of the reasons I also do it is I think it's also a, a, a decent way to 
introduce people to the game yeah. because you're you're dealing with direct mechanics. It feels like a tutorial like you would see, you know, in a lot of games in the middle of a siege, you know, you're running around like learning how to do your basic stuff uh, before, you know, you really get the drop on the story and it can serve the same function in a D&D game. Yeah. And you're, you're individualizing that conversation to each person on their turn, helping them through that process. Um, and, and it's really introducing, like you're saying, introducing them to the game through play rather than, Hey, everyone, Info what dump. do any of you yeah. do? Yeah. Someone come up with an idea. Uh, so I like it. The scale of the battle is also interesting to do, to to play yeah. with depending on where you are. Is the battle huge? Is the battle just the players? Is the battle between the players? Are they on opposite sides and something changes? So there's a there is a lot you can do, and I have definitely done most of them. I feel like this one too can combine with any of the other starts we've set because if it's the middle of the festival and something goes wrong, like. Maybe that's like you describe the festival, horrible thing happens, there's a fight, and we're seeing, you know, the characters in the middle here. Oh, you're even the, even the caravan, like you're going along, and then you, the, the players themselves are the most able-bodied uh, members of this caravan, so then they're all running out together to combat whatever bandits or whatever is happening. Or during the shipwreck. The event that causes the shipwreck, like you starting with a massive Kraken fight, like on obviously, you know, you're not going to win that fight. Sure. But like it sets up the, you know, it gives some satisfaction, I think, to like the moment. See, before. Look at how great this look one is. This. I, feel, I this don't is feel great. Called out this isn't anymore. cliche. This is a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Number eight. Yes. By having the king summon the players. This is. This is very cliche. It's it's a it's a heavier it's a heavier hand to most of the other ones. And I think as long as you replace the word king or you're a high level party, this is fine. But I think this is a problem people run into in D&D with like the fact that you know, level one characters would never be summoned before a king. Right. That's just not. What happens? You really shouldn't be dealing with monarchy or such high status figures until you're probably tier two. So starting around level five or so. So as long as this is like maybe the elders of your village summon you for something or something else like that's fine. Yeah, you would have to you would almost have to have someone's backstory yeah, tied into that min minimum right. be the the catalyst and then even there i i now or like collectively we need to figure out why anybody else knows any of the rest of it like it's maybe maybe if you have a character that's playing like it's like the noble background right and they're maybe the son of the king right or whatever like that can make sense but yeah you have to really you have to think a lot about those backstories to make this one feel satisfying otherwise it does just feel like a kind of an empty cliche so number nine, I do not like number nine. Oh, I do not like it. Sam, I am. I hope this is not a cliche. It is. A it's lot of people do this. So number oh, nine. Really? By giving really, everyone amnesia, I have been in many games where DMs no. just start this way. And you know what it is? You know what this is from? I think at least for you know, DMs who have been playing this game for a while is because so many of the Ravenloft adventures started this way. Yeah, and it's and I think people that are big fans of sci-fi, it's a, it's a really strong sci-fi trope, and I think in a lot of ways it it works better as a sci-fi trope. Like if I was going to kick off like a Spelljammer campaign, I could I could see myself doing this. I don't know that I could kick off a normal 
campaign. That doesn't, that's not, normal's probably not the right word. Whatever. A cli- if I was going to kick off a cliche campaign, I don't know that I would go this direction. They oh, do. I'd have to have so, I'd have to have so much. Yeah. yeah like, if you're playing with a group you're familiar with and stuff like this, honestly, you need really need to check with them if this is like, okay, you know, and make it a thing. But I do want to point out in this sentence, uh, in the last part of this, it said, it's definitely a good start for DMs that are playing with a group of new people because it gives them an in-game excuse to struggle to remember their stats and what items do. So that's kind of, I guess that is sort of a good point if you're playing with totally brand new characters who aren't, I guess, interested in the role play stuff like maybe but i've also heard the version of like you like you're having it where the players don't know basically anything about themselves and they're like learning through play about their own characters which just feels even weirder like okay the two versions of that are like okay but are they figuring that out for themselves or have i decided that and they're figuring out what i decided I don't like the second one because two reasons. Yeah, this definitely messes with player agency. The the first the oh the first reason is I don't want to do that much work and I don't want to do that much work on behalf of someone else. I think if I was going to start it and do this, it would be one session and then they would be fine because I I do not want to keep that going. All right, number 10, though, in a tavern with a mysterious stranger. Very cliche, extremely popular, but like the article says, for a very good reason. It's like a very, very classic, relatable fantasy situation. So I don't think this is bad or wrong to do in any way. Have you read a book or watched a movie? You might have context for this exact exact moment. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a stock standard for a lot of reasons. Um, it is nice getting to see these like openers where people are relaxing at first, right? So we get to see them, what they're doing in a tavern, like what they're doing for fun or whatever. It's kind of a nice way to introduce people, ease, especially new players into the game because your choices are limited. Like, hey, you're in a tavern. What are you doing? Like most people have been in a bar or a restaurant before. So in their real life. So they have a pretty good sense of like what they would do in this environment, which is one of the reasons it can be really an easy transition for new players, as opposed to starting in the middle of a fight. Like sometimes your new players might look at you wide eyed with terror and have no idea what to do because not many of us have actually seen combat in our real lives, right? I would say for me personally, I would say that, yeah, these wholly individualized are probably cliche but then just mix and match the ones that sound the best is it that they're in a tavern and a fight breaks out is it that they're on you know part of a caravan and they've stopped in the most recent town and they're in the tavern they've been summoned to meet the king but the king isn't hiding and disguised as a mysterious stranger like in the tavern you know that there you go done and done which way? So, uh, which one called you out the most because mine was definitely in battle i so i think the 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 festival one i've used that one a lot honestly i've even th- i wrote like the rhyme of the frostman in dnd adventurers league like adventures literally starts with a big party and this and i nice. i can think of three or four different times i've absolutely used this so yeah okay, <laughs> well thank you lacy for calling thank us out you, a little bit, but you're right again, her usual <laughs> fantastic article to read because i think 
you know, going back to all the reasons why we do this, I think um, I think there are a few on here that I was surprised are cliche. Yeah. Um, so then, but that means it's not cliche for me and probably not for my players. So then I can try a few of these out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give them an no. amnesia, though. <laughs> Absolutely not. But if you see fit and you enjoyed this or any of the other episodes, head to Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and leave us a rating and review. We'll love it. Yeah. And if you ever want to reach out uh, via email, you can do so at dmnastics at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, Neil at Jote Moniac, and me at C. Conowich. And for everything else on the network, you can visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. Let's head to the post-workout. Yep. Let's head to the post-workout. Workout cooldown. Why can't I read? Let's head to the post-workout cooldown and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? You have no idea. But so I watch a lot of painting tutorials, painting channels, things like that. Really, uh, which is very funny because like I don't paint a lot, Mm -hmm. but I am in what part of that is I don't want to paint unless I'm going to do really well and setting aside enough time. So the advancement in paint over the past several years is staggering. There's a whole theory about uh, a process called slap chop. And there's nuances to all of that. And you can get into that if you want. But the long story short is that there are there are things called speed paints Mm. where basically it is a like they've thinned down the medium and basically it will kind of collect in the recesses of your miniature. So it's almost as if it's doing shading for you. Oh, right. Because that's kind of how you do shading, right? You do just like just a little bit of black on in like mostly water, right? Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, and so you could so you could do a wash where you have that that darker color only go to those places, and you could pull back your washes. There's so many things you can do, but basically we're at a point where if I have, let's say I have minis, I have a lot of minis. <laughs> let's say we have minis uh, theoretically that need painting. Yeah. Theoretically, I'm sure yeah. that's none it's of us. It's called the pile of shame. Collectively, <laughs> that's what it's called. I have a the box, pile of shame. so I'll have to look at yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so let's say I, I grab this mini, I base it however I want. Is it that I throw some dirt at it, throw some rocks, you know, so I'm going to prime it black and then I'm going to do what's called a zenithal highlight, which is basically spray lightly white. So now it's going to catch the highest portions of the model and whatever direction I'm spraying from, that's going to be the light. The mm. other thing I can choose to do is I could like basically dry brush it and get a little bit of white on there. So now I have a gradient like a sh- black and white shaded version. Now I grab these speed paints and already parts of the model that should be lighter are lighter than ah. others that aren't. Aren't. I'm not saying it's the highest quality, but like if you're just looking to get tabletop minis onto the table yeah. and you, you, let's say you bought a Reaper's Bones, you bought one of the, you know, one of the Kickstarters that has, you know, a hundred minis for a hundred dollars and it's super reasonable. Let's say you bought uh, another board game that has all the minis that you would want into it. Let's say you bought Epic Encounters from Steamforged Games because I do that all the time now that I figured out that they're very easy, but those are just colored minis. But if yeah. I want to get to a place where they're very close to... I mean, they yeah, are. You need a whole ready. goblin army, right? And they all you want them all wearing the same like rough colors, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So you, I bought a thing of speed paint. I bought basically, basically at that point, I need a black primer, white paint for dry brushing or highlighting, 
and then just start throwing speed paints at them and it gets That's awesome really yeah awesome. what what where can shady. we get these what are these speed paints um so i'll i'll have some links to some speed paints and i may even like throw a slap chop tutorial video in there but basically army painter has done some i know citadel has done some but they charge so i my my suggestion is army painter mainly because i'm a huge fan of dropper bottles opposed to to actual pots of paint yeah, um, just because then I can put out the exact amount and I don't feel so bad yeah. about the amount that I've used. Um, so yeah, I'll have definitely have some links, but it it's impressive how far you can get and how, the quality of paint job that you can have now. Whereas previously those paints were just thick, right? Thick, so you thick, just thick. have to absolute precision. So it's nice yeah. that, yeah, it's getting a little bit easier. That's actually so funny because that's a lot of like how artists in Photoshop build things. They do, you know, everything in black and white, and then you can just throw on color in those different values. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yep. It's, it's super similar. And then from there, like if you wanted to, you know, that that's really step one and they will get you absolutely where you need to go. Because what if we decided that, you know, it's the, um, the tribe of the purple worm and every yep. goblin needs to be in purple. Right. I'm probably not going to find goblins that are all right. in purple. Yeah. And what if, what if you like a big end of game boss thing, you want to have two big armies on either side. Like it's going to be really important that you get some kind of color indication, just slapped on all those guys. Yep. Yeah. And, and once you're done with that, like if that, if that becomes something that is, you know, you get super comfortable with, then you can go and start to get those acrylic paints. Are you adding more highlighting? Mm -hmm. Are you doing washes after the fact? Are you adding more things to your bases? Like Whichever army uh, survives, you need to uh -huh. paint them better because they're going to come back. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta you, you cut the heads off all the minis that didn't, put it on all the minis that did. And yeah. You're there you go. That's super exciting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anecdotally, you say that, but my friends and I used to play Warhammer 40,000 oh, so yeah. much with each other that if we won <gasps> and we would talk it through, you know, we yeah. would talk it through, and it, it definitely needed to be an amicable oh, yeah. thing. But whoever won could take one of the other minis as like it's, a prisoner oh wow and, that's cool and so i put i saw a buddy of mine played orcs all the time and i took an orc head off <gasps> of it and mounted it onto the front of oh one my of my god vehicles. that's very metal and, and then showed cool. up in the next game <laughs> with that orc head on the front of the, the vehicle um and Get it was a point of there. inspiration you know, yeah. for your whole life that was yes. great. <laughs> perfect but yeah so like i said i'll i'll try and get some links and then if, if if this is a conversation that you dear listener think is valuable then that's something that we could certainly talk about more and you can let us know but with that we'll turn out the lights and we'll head out of the gym before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. And to do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Do you even lift?